Next week, officially, you know, Pastor Todd will be handing the torch to me as the new lead pastor. And, and Pastor Todd suggested that today I would share my heart with you guys and really some vision uh, for the future. You may be wondering, you know, okay, so whenever Brandon does officially grab the reins, what is this going to look like? How is, is church going to be way different? What, what's going on? So I, I just felt like the Lord gave me some direction this week. Um, and, and specifically this scripture, if you were here Wednesday night, I actually shared this scripture uh, Wednesday uh, for our prayer meeting. Uh, but I want to focus uh, on a couple of different things from this scripture and another one. So, um, I, of course, I thought it was a great idea when Pastor Todd suggested it. So let's look at Second Chronicles 26.5. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. It says this, Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us during this time, Lord. Lord, your word says that there's, there's a, a reason and a season for everything under the sun, Lord God. A time for everything. Lord, as the seasons are changing, Lord God, here at Family Life Church, I just pray that you would help me to share my heart and your word, uh, Lord, as we move forward today and next week and the days and weeks ahead. Lord, we know there's a lot going on in our world right now, but you're still in control, Lord. You haven't fallen off the throne. You are still on the throne. You are still in control. You still rule and reign over it all. And we just submit our lives in this time to you today. Help me, Lord God, speak to me and through me and help all the hearers as we hear it and to receive it. And apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the phrase where it says that Zechariah, uh, that Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. The phrase, who taught him to fear God, in Hebrew actually reads, who instructed him in divine visions. And I thought that that was perfect. T today's message is called, Our Visions and Values. Our visions and values. And, and that's what I want to share with you today um, as, as the seasons are changing here. You know, um, many of you know this, but I, I've been serving full-time on staff here underneath Pastor Todd for 14 and a half years. And during that time, he has taught me, he has equipped me, he has corrected me. Come on, any good father would do, right? He's encouraged me, he's loved me, and he's prepared me for this next season. You know, as I was reading the scripture, I thought about this. Just as Zechariah did for Uzziah, Pastor Todd has taught me and showed me by example how to seek after God. Amen? See, the reason Uzziah sought God because he had a father to teach him. And I've had a father that has faithfully not only taught me with his words, but shown me with his actions how to seek after God's face. And I know a lot of you know this, but our pastor is a praying pastor. He is a praying man of God. He seeks after God. And that's the one thing he continues to reiterate as we get closer to the official transition is the importance of seeking God and, and increasing the anointing in our lives. Even today, I was just thinking as I was reading the scripture, even today, he's the one that taught me as I'm sitting on the front pew, and you may not know that, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in the service today, Lord? I have a whole message prepared, but what do you want to do? Y'all know, y'all have seen, how many Sundays have you seen Pastor Todd get up here and not even preach a message? Because he sensed the Lord's leading God. It's not, trust me, it's not because he didn't have a message prepared. He, 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 he prepares fully every Sunday, but he's so good at seeking the Lord in the Lord's heart, in the Lord's direction. So he's shown me how to seek after God personally. And, and I just want to let you know, I will continue to do that in my own personal life, which, I mean, I'm just honored and privileged to even be here to think. I was thinking this morning, it's crazy how 
when you change in seasons, how kind of, you know, quote unquote, your life flashes in front of you. Like the last, you know, it's been 18 years since I gave my life to Christ. I'll talk about that in a minute. But I can remember the first ministry thing that I ever did was I was serving in the youth ministry and I had a life group. And I used to tell people I would average about 1.5 people for every group. Because sometimes one guy would show up and sometimes two guys would show up, you know, so I guess the average is like 1.5. But I can remember those days where it was just me and one young man sitting there and I didn't know nothing about nothing about nothing, right? I'd read some scriptures, I'd talk to, you know, my leaders and try to get something together. And it's like, I, you know, to blink and be where we are today and what's happening next week is truly an honor and a privilege. And I still, I can't wrap my mind around where the Lord has taken me. So I know for me, and just want to encourage you and to, to hear my heart that I will continue to seek God's guidance. Because just as it says in this verse, and the Lord reminded me when I read it this week, is that the only way that I'll be successful in pastoring this church is if I continue to seek the Lord and his guidance. Amen? And so I just want you to know that, that the Lord, the Lord has placed Pastor Todd and even Brother Francis, that again, Miss Babs, they always, this is, this church has always had a foundation of prayer. Amen. And why God has used it in a, in a mighty way. So not only has Pastor Todd done that, I want to read another scripture. Uh, and it's from the Apostle Paul found in 1 Corinthians 4.17. So he has showed me from example how to seek after the Lord. But look at 1 Corinthians 4.17. It says, that is why I am sending Timothy to you. He is my son in the Lord. I love him and trust him. He, re- he will help you remember the way I live in Christ Jesus as a way of life that I teach in every meeting of the church wherever I am. So if you remember when Pastor Todd, both three levels, when Pastor Todd announced that we were transitioning to the staff and then the leadership of the church and then to the congregation as a whole, remember that was back in January. If you was here, if you remember back in January, uh, he made the announcement that we'd be making the switch here in July. He said that um, I am his Timothy, which I am. He is my spiritual father and I am his son. So not only just as did Pastor Todd, by example, show me how to see God, but just like Paul did with Timothy, he also has taught me how to pastor people. And so I just want you to know that because as I continue on, one, we, y'all, we've made it clear and some people still ask, Pastor Todd is not retiring He's not leaving. He's still going to be here. He's still going to be around. He's moving into a new role, which I'll talk about a little bit of that later as well. He has taught me how to pastor people. I was talking to one of the members of the worship team on Wednesday night, and he said, man, he said, you know, when I came here, he said, you know, one of the things that he, I noticed and, and I've, I've continued to notice is the compassion here. And he said, you know, the compassion specifically of Pastor Todd. And his brother honored me by saying, man, I see it in you as well. Well, again, it's only supernatural. It's from the Lord, but it's also from my spiritual father. So, again, I, the way that I lead, the, my, my wife and I may lead the church, may look a little different. But the values that both Pastor Todd and Brother Francis have imparted into me will stay the same. Amen? So let me say this again. The vision may look a little different, but the values will stay the same. If you get anything today, that's what I want you to hear and I want you to know. Because another thing is, one of Pastor Ty's most important roles in this new season is going to be to continue to pastor me and help me, amen? So everything I just said that he has been doing, he will continue to do, amen? Amen? That's a good thing. You should be happy about that, right? 
And so, and it's, it's true. Look, I'm, I'm never going to stop needing a pastor. Everybody needs a pastor, right? And he still and always will be my spiritual father and my pastor to help me, to correct me, to guide me. Uh, and that'll be one of his major roles. And again, because that's the season he's in where there's a lot of other young pastors in town. And even some his age that he's pastoring and that he's helping in this new season of ministry. So, you know, again, it may look different. For example, you'll see next month we're going to start updating the stage. You know, we're going to be renovating the stage, updating it. Uh, we're going to be it's, it, the stage design. It's going to look different. You know, and so things around here are going to start looking different. But remember. The passion for God, compassion for people, and the purpose of furthering the kingdom of God will remain the same. The vision here at Family Life Church is to know God, live free, find your purpose, and make a difference. So the remainder of our time, I want to use our vision just to continue to share my heart this morning. And just to, if you're wondering, just to, to, to look at just a snapshot of some of the things that the future will hold. Now, as I sit, stand here, I don't know everything the future holds. Amen? I don't know everything that God's going to put on our heart or show us to do to continue to reach our community, to help you, to pastor you, to, to disciple and to, to help people. But I, I just using our vision, the four things that is found in Ephesians chapter 1, it's really God's vision. Uh, it's, not, it's not like we got it straight from the Bible. It's God's vision. I just want to share my heart. So number one, there's only one way to know God. There's only one way to know God. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17, it says, At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now, right? So you see, you could know Christ and God the Father in a personal way. This is not knowing. Again, this word doesn't mean to know. In Ephesians 1, where it says to, to get to know him more, doesn't mean what, what, what your, your head knowledge. It's an intimate personal relationship. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The O is gone and the new has begun. So listen, we see here we can personally know God and it wraps into how do we do that. I just want to let you know moving forward that I will always and unequivocally preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as the only way to know God in a personal way. Amen? Amen. The mission, the method may change, but the message never will. Let me say that again. The method may change, but the message never will. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said to them, I am the only way to God. I am the real truth and the real life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. It can't be more spelled out than that, right? In the day and age we live in, people will continue to try to say, well, you know, you can get to God through many different ways. The one true living God, the God of the universe that has created us, that has created all of us, and is the Lord of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in him, the only way to know God and spend eternity with him is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? That message will never, ever change with me. Not only is Jesus the only way to have a relationship with God the Father, but as I just mentioned, the only way to have eternal life. Look at John three thirty-six, And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. That's great news, amen? But then there's another verse. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life. Man, is that true? That is true. See, in order for there to be good news, there has to be bad news. And the bad news is if, if you or anyone else, anyone listening, anyone that you come across tries to, to inherit eternal life or get to heaven in any other way, the Bible makes it clear it will never happen. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Are you see that? Is that what your Bible say too? Amen? 
And so that's the message. That's the gospel. Gospel means good news, but this is the truth. There's only one way. When we say to know God, we're talking about know God personally. We're not talking about just theologically and with knowledge, and, and that's all good. We need theology. We need apologetics. We need all of that stuff. But we're talking about how do you enter into a, a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ or with God the Father to know God personally, spend eternity with him. It's only through Jesus. One of my main purposes and passion is preaching the gospel and being a part of people getting saved. See, I truly believe still to this day that the greatest miracle that can ever take place on this planet is when somebody gets born again. I truly believe that. That's the greatest miracle that can ever take place. There's a many other miracles. You can have people healed, raised from the dead, all of these things, and those things are great, no doubt. But if a person gets healed with a physical injury and they lost, when they die, they're going to go to hell. So being born again is the greatest miracle that can ever happen. Amen? Because you can pass away, you can expire, all of our bodies will, but we'll be in glory. I did another funeral. This is two weeks in a row. I did a funeral over the weekend. And, you know, when, when it's, y'all, when it's over, it's over. Romans said it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. That's it. There's no holding place. There's no purgatory. One time and that's it. That's all we got. We got one shot at this thing, church. Amen? And for all the people, so as you, as you help to, to, to get people to know God, Please don't move away from the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're not going to as a church, as leadership, and we're going to encourage you not to as well. I feel so passionately about this because I mentioned it earlier. I've been on staff here 14 and a half years. Most of you heard my story. But as we get ready for next weekend, my whole journey started almost 18 years ago. It will be next month as well. July 10th, 2002, I walked down this very aisle and I stood right here and I got radically saved. I got born again. I would have never been at this place if it wasn't for this place right here. Amen? And I'm, I'm not the most qualified. I didn't go to college. I didn't have all these things. But God radically changed my life right here. I became born again. I knew that I was a sinful man and that my sin, the wages of my sin was death. I had heard the gospel. I knew it was true. I bore witness in my spirit that if I perish, I would spend eternity separated from the Lord. And thank God he was patient and long-suffering with me as he says to, to that day allow me to be born again and be here today. Amen? So again, I said it before. The method may change, but the message never will. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.11. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. Did you know, church, it's you and I's responsibility to persuade others to Christ? He even says our fearful responsibility. In other words, don't take this responsibility lightly. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. So as I wrap up this point, I hope that you know that I take this responsibility seriously, and I am sincere in saying this today, that we will always passionately, clearly, without hesitation, preach the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as the only way to know God and spend eternity in heaven. Amen? Amen. Number two, we long for people to live free. We long for people to live free. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. I love when the Lord does this. I was in, back there putting on my mic and I heard him singing this song. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love when that happens. I had, they didn't know I was using the scripture. I didn't know that was in there set with, but the Holy Spirit did. Amen. So I'm back there putting on the mic and I hear the song playing. I'm like, that's awesome, man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They, they preparing the, the, the way for me, the ground for me. Listen. Once people come to know God in a personal way through being born again, 
They need freedom from past hurts, addictions, or any type of bondage that is holding them back. Let me personalize. That may be still holding you back, all of us. When we get born again, there's going to be stuff in our life, hurts, pains, wounds, traumas, addictions that may be holding us back. I know this was true for me, and so it was for a lot of people here. It didn't, it didn't end right there. That was just the beginning when I came down this altar, and Brother Francis Bork prayed with me, and Brother Brad sons. A lot of y'all know Pastor Brad. They went on to be with the Lord. These two men of God prayed with me right there. And you know, but I had a lot of stuff in my life. I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was depressed. I had all kinds of things going on, man, in my life. And I needed some freedom. Amen? We all need freedom from the things that hold us back. So I want to let you know, we will continue to have life groups. We will continue to have Celebrate Recovery and Grief Share and Inner Healing Classes and things like this to help you receive freedom and to continue to, re- to live free. Amen? Amen? Because freedom, you can get free, but you got to stay free, right? You can get free, but you got to stay free. I know people that have gotten free and God has broken chains off of their lives and addiction and depression, but over time and years, they've gone back into that. Listen, that's why we say know God and live free, to continue to live out in freedom. Look, there's still stuff God's working out in me, but thank God I'm not a drug addict and alcoholic anymore, Amen. Thank God I'm not under the bondage and the oppression of of depression like I was before I got saved. So why do we have all of these different life groups and classes and ministries like this? Well, James 5.16 gives us some insight or tells us really directly. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. See, this passage of scripture shows us that we can help each other get free. And, and so again, it could be the bondage of like, of my lifestyle. The bondage was, was, was sin. It was the sin I was living in. And so when I got saved and got into a life group, I began to tell people like, man, I'm struggling. I'm still smoking a little weed every once in a while, man. I need some help. You know, I know it's wrong. I confess my sin to God for forgiveness. But as I would tell my brothers and sisters in life groups that, guess what? They would encourage me and it helped, God helped to use them to set me free from addiction and then pain and, and depression and different things. And it's been a journey over, over years. And so that's one of the ways why life groups, CR, grief share, whatever it is, celebrate recovery, whatever it is, whatever you're dealing with, we have some ministries that we're going to continue on. That's again, I'm, I'm sharing vision now. If you're wondering, we're going to continue this on in, a, a, here at family life because we want people to continue to live free. Now, again, these things help people to get free, but we know the Bible says it's only the Lord himself who sets free, people free. Amen. John 8, 36, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Amen? So it's Jesus himself speaking of himself. If the Son sets you free, you are truly free. So we see that is the Lord himself who sets people free, but again, he uses us. We see a great picture of this when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead in the Gospel of John. Jesus, uh, just as Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead physically, we were spiritually dead in our sins, and Jesus gave us new life when we became born again. Amen. We were dead in our sins. And again, that's part of the gospel. You got to know that. I heard, uh, you know, I, I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Ravi Zacharias who just went wrestling with be with the Lord. I remember him saying, Jesus didn't come to make bad men good. He came to make dead men live. Amen. We were dead in our sins. So we have to be born again. So with that in mind, with that picture in mind, look at John 11, 43 and 44. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Somebody said too, he had to say Lazarus, because if he would have just said, come out, the whole graveyard would have came out, right? 
And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in headcloth. Look at this. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Jesus raised them from the dead, but he had the church help set him free. You see that? That's a great picture of what the Lord, now it's still the Lord's power that sets people free, but that's why we have life groups and ministries and classes and things to help you to get free. Amen? Spiritually speaking, again, he does the same with us. Another way people get free, and we know, is through the power of prayer. You see, this is one of the reasons why we're starting to have prayer meetings three out of the four Wednesday nights a month. This coming uh, Wednesday, again, if, for those of you that maybe don't normally come on a Wednesday, uh, you know, Pastor Rob's just, he's going to be released to come back to church. He's been back at work, by the way, but he's going to come back to church. And Pastor Rob's going to be preaching the word Wednesday night. So I want to encourage you. Yeah, come on. Praise the Lord. If you had, you hadn't, you missed Pastor Rob, he'll be here Wednesday night preaching. And the first Wednesdays of the month, I've been talking about it, but I just want to make it clear. I want to get the vision out there. We're going to have a, a word every first Wednesday. But then the other three or the next month, actually, going to be four Wednesdays. We're going to have prayer meetings on Wednesday night. We're going to have prayer and worship like we did this past Wednesday. And it was, it was awesome. It was powerful. Why? Why are we doing that? Well, we know we want to draw closer to the Lord ourselves. But in the context of freedom, look at James 5.16 again. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Great power. Great power to help set people free. Amen? Prayer is powerful for people getting saved, for helping people to get set free, to get healed, whatever the case, marriages to be restored, people to get physical healings. Amen. The more we pray as a church, the stronger the anointing will get. Just as Pastor Todd has challenged me and continued to encourage me to, to seek God for the anointing increase in my life personally, I believe as a church the anointing needs to increase as well. And I don't know about you, ch church, but I, I, I think and I sense it in you and those of you who may be home. I believe there's more of a stirring happening right now in the body of Christ to seek God and for a greater anointing. Because look what happens. Look at Isaiah 10, 27. In the King James Version, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from, thy, from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. People have yokes of bondages on them and it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And how do you get the anointing? It's through prayer. It's through worship. It's also through living holy and pure as well. So let me go ahead and throw that in there as well. It's living pure and holy lives. So we long for people to see free, to, to get free. So we'll continue these ministries. We're going to be um, ramping up regular prayer meetings. Again, in August, we're going to have a week of prayer and fasting, five days of prayer and fasting with prayer meetings in the evening and ending it with an overflow worship service. Amen? Amen. Number three. It's our priority to help you find your purpose. It's our priority as a church, as leadership, to help you find your purpose. Look at Ephesians 1.18. I referenced this earlier. This is where all parts of the vision, four parts of the vision are found in this verse. But I'm going to read this part. Ephesians 1.18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. When we're not living free, when you're not living free, you don't see clearly you don't see things clearly because the eyes of your heart have been blocked with bondages and pain. See, you must live free so you can see, one, see the Lord himself as he really is, so you can see yourself, how you created. When people think of themselves as less than, than, than nothing and as a worm and all that, you're not seeing yourself as God sees you. 
See, we, we have to live free so the eyes can be open to see God as he really is, ourselves as, as, as we really are, but so you can also know the purpose God has called you to. Pastor Larry Stockdale says this, Understand, understanding is clarity. I've been with very wealthy, important people who have no purpose. Money is not purpose. Rich people who retire figure that out. Clarity concerns the will of God. What is God's purpose for you? What is his will for you? What should you invest your life doing? Let me ask you a question, church, to, to go off of Pastor Larry's questions. If you're not, if you don't know your purpose, you're not living out your purpose, are you tired of just existing and paying bills? How many of y'all just can't wait to pay more bills every week? Like, woohoo, I'm living for bills to come, yes. No, yeah, that's why everybody's laughing, because Kevin's looking at me like I'm crazy right here, you know, like, no, nobody, nobody, how many of you are tired of just living to exist and play bills? You wasn't created just to exist, church. Listen to me out there. You were created for a purpose, for a divine destiny. Now, this really gets me going. I love, I'm passionate about the gospel and I'm passionate about purpose. You need to know your purpose. Look at Ephesians 2.10. This is so powerful. For we are God's workmanship, workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Listen, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You were created for good works. God prepared your purpose in advance. I like the way Pastor Chris says it. Before there was a you, there was something for you to do. Let me say that again. Before there was a you, before God ever created you, he had your purpose in mind. He didn't create you and just say, okay, I got Tony on like here now. Like, what am I going to have for him to do? No. Before you ever, before the foundations of the earth, God had a plan and a purpose and a divine destiny for your life. That in itself should change our perspective on how we live our life. Matter of fact, I'll say this, and I have it somewhere in my notes, but I wasn't going to say, but I want to honor Brother Francis. Brother Francis is one of the elders here. He's on our board. He's been here for a long time. He sat in my office this week, and he was encouraging me about the transition, and he reminded me of this from this scripture. He reminded me, he said, Brandon, before the foundations of the earth, God had created and destined you to be the pastor of this church at this very time. Amen? Amen. That's what the scripture says. And that helps me because I'm like, when you see everything going on in 2020, I'm like, really, Lord? Like this year I had to take over? Like, you know, like with all this stuff happening, like, you know, like this is crazy, you know, but no, really. But you see him going back to the scripture and I've taught this, I've read this, but you see this is good about having fathers in my life. And I mean, trying to encourage you, think about your life. It's like we can complain and kick and scream about everything going on in our world, but God knew we would be created and living on the earth during this time. 2020 didn't catch God off, off guard, right? So you were created. So it now, you know, talking to another local pastor here just yesterday, and we were talking about everything going on, and it's like, man, later I'm in the funeral home getting ready to do this funeral. I'm like, it's really an exciting time to be alive, church. If you're in the church, if you're born again, if you have a plan, a calling, and a destiny, we could look at it as this is crazy or this is exciting. I, honestly, it's a little bit of both, right? <laughs> it's crazy and exciting all at one time, right? That God would place us here to be peacemakers, agents of healing, ministers of reconciliation. Amen? I mean, what a great calling and a time to be alive, church. See, the most fulfilled people on the planet aren't the people without problems. It's the people living out their purpose. If you think, you know what, your, your life is going to be totally content when you're done with problems and you make more money, 
It's never going to happen. It's when you're living out your purpose is when you find the most fulfillment. See, again, before I got saved, one of my greatest desires to even get saved was one, I, wanted, I didn't want to go to hell. I wanted to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord. But the, I think just as equally, and I didn't know it was destiny and purpose and all that, I just knew there was more to life than I was living. I can remember just going to back to my apartment. I had a good job. I was making money, yada, yada, yada. But I remember sitting in my apartment by myself just watching the news and just thinking, man, it got to be more to life than this. I know now what it was was, you know what, there was purpose inside of me that was screaming to get out, right? And I didn't know what it was. So listen, I want to make this clear, church. My new role as lead pastor is not a new job promotion and it's not a career move. It's my purpose. This is my purpose. This is what I was created and designed and put on this earth to do. So you know this. This wasn't, this is not like, oh, I didn't have anything else to do. No, this is my purpose. And God has a purpose for you as well. And we, it's our priority to help you to find your purpose. You know, it'll be hard to know what the purpose of God is for you until you know how God created you. Again, we will continue to help you find your purpose through Next Steps. As you hear, we have Next Steps every Sunday morning after both services, and we want to help you process that. And, and not even through Next Steps. We say, man, Brandon, I've gone through Next Steps, and I still, man, I, I took out that test, and I know I, the survey. I know what I'm gift things are, and I'm still struggling. Let us know. Come meet with us. It's our priority. We're here all week long, and that's part of why we're here is to help you process through that. Amen? And again, like I said about the beginning, just to share my heart, I told one of the staff members that this week we were talking about something. If you cracked me open, it would be pretty much 50% past and 50% evangelist because I am super passionate about preaching the gospel, but also God has called me to pastor. So again, when you take that survey, listen, that was years ago, almost 18 years ago. It was still called the 101s and 201 classes in the J building. And my two highest things, I had no idea. I was coming out of being a painter for eight years, no college education or anything. The two things I scored it high on was evangelism and pastoring. Those things are really accurate, y'all. Wouldn't you say? Here I am today talking to you about my passion for, for souls, the gospel, and this new role God's called me into. You'll take a spiritual gifts and personality survey and we'll help you to process it to understand what it means. Then when we will help you to direct you to fulfill your purpose, which leads to my last point is, hey, church, I want to encourage you. Hey, let's make a difference together. Amen? Let's make a difference together. They got a hurting world out there. They got... They have uh, many lost people that don't know the Lord. Again, the most you know volatile time that I can remember in, in my lifetime is now. But man, we can make a difference in the lives of people that can reverberate throughout all of eternity. Not just for 2020. What we do today, what we do tomorrow can echo throughout eternity. Stop and think about that for a minute, church. Come on, I want you to make a difference individually wherever you at. Tomorrow works, you know, whatever. But man, I want to make a difference together as a church. Look at James 1.27. True spirituality is pure in the eyes of our God, Father God, who is, the eyes of our Father God is to make a difference in the lives of the orphans and widows in their troubles. You see that? Now listen, the context obviously in this verse is orphan and widows, but you and I both know that God is calling us to make a difference in the lives of everybody. Amen? Right? He, that this is, he wants us to make a difference specifically as hearts close to orphans and widows, but he has called us, created us, and given us gifts, talents, and anointing to make a difference in the lives of those around us. So once you find out how God has created you and what your purpose is, you must use that purpose to make a difference in, in the sphere of influence that you have. 
You know, I've often quoted this scripture. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm about to read. But in recent years, I've realized how much more powerful its meaning really is. And it's found in John 13, 17. Jesus said this. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Okay, so that... That's a general principle you need to know. Like, yeah, I already, I remember ministering to somebody that was backslidden and everything, and I was trying to encourage them to come back, and I was giving, quoting scriptures, and they got saved before me, and quoting scriptures and trying to encourage them. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I know all that already. And it's like, okay, if you know it, you need to do it, right? Because the blessing don't come in knowing it. Do you see that? Does the blessing come with knowing it? God will bless you for doing them. Right? It's in the doing. That's why every Sunday or every time I preach, I say, Lord, help us. Give us the grace to live it out. Because it's great you come to church and you hear the word and you say, hey, great word, brother. But if that's all you get, that's where it stops. It stops when you leave the door and you go to Piccadilly, right? And then you'd be like, this is a good lunch. And it has about the same amount of power, right? It's the doing. So let's go back to making a difference. He, the, look at the context of the scripture now. If you go right before that. He had said this right after teaching his disciples about serving each other by washing their feet. Jesus washed their feet. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve others. And he said, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So specifically, the context of this scripture is serving others. It's making a difference in others' lives. Again, it's not good enough just to know your purpose. The blessing comes with making a difference by serving others. So in steps four of Next Steps, we help you to connect with a serve team that fits and flows with your purpose and passion and gifting. So listen, we want you to serve. We want you to get to connect on a serve team, but it's not just for the church. We want you to make a difference in your workplace, in your home, your community, city, state, nation, and across the globe. I want you to join us so we can do this together. Again, and you know, it's supposed to start again this summer. Again, one of Pastor Todd's new roles, he's going to shift into teaching and missions pastors that Pastor Todd is going to help get missions going again, like actually boots on the ground and doing regular mission trips every year. Amen. He was going to take another group to Cuba uh, next month, but with all this going on, obviously uh, that went out the window. But that's going to be part of his new role is to, you know, for years we had at least three mission trips we'd go on every single year. When I was a youth pastor, I would take a group down. Brother Brad Sons was here. He was taking a group down. And then Pastor Rob and others would go down on another trip. So we were, we had a regular flow. We support missions and whatnot. But listen, if you've never been on a global mission trip somewhere in foreign soil, I challenge you to go on at least one. Amen. And, and we will get those cranked up again. So we want you to make a difference everywhere from the lobby to overseas and everywhere in between. Amen. John 9, 4, Jesus said, we must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. And I know I need to quickly wrap up this message as well. Why did Jesus say do this quickly? Because we don't know how much time we have left, church. We can say, yeah, I'm going to fulfill my, I'm going to find out, I'm going to go to next steps uh, in November. I'm going to find out what's going on. I'm going to find, I know what my purpose is, but I'm just busy right now, Brandon. I can't do it because I'm busy right now. Well, listen, Psalm 90, 12 says this, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Church, I want you to join me to make a difference in our community because we don't know how much time we have left, Right? We don't even know if we have tomorrow left, right? We, we got to get in the game. We got to find our purpose and make a difference. So as I said, I hope you see that the way that, that I may carry out the vision may look different, and it will look different in some aspects, but the core values of Family Life Church, of Pastor Todd, Brother Francis, and Ms. Bab, and Tanya are still 
inside of me and my wife. My wife's been here longer than I have been. So, you know, when he told the staff, it's just like, you know, Cassie was like, you know, I, basically I ain't going to let him mess things up. You know, she said this was my church before it was his, right? So, so my wife, she was, she was saved and she was discipled and, and nourished and loved here as well. So I hope I, I'm doing my best to crack open my heart to you this morning and share my, the, the, my heart and the passion and, and, and the vision that we're going to continue on with. So as we close and we recap, there's only one way to know God. Jesus said it, John 14, 16. Jesus said, I am the only way to God, the real truth, the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So how do you go to God? Today, if you say, Brandon, I don't even know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I know God in a personal way. You may have been listening to messages, maybe just started listening during the quarantine, and you may have been coming to church for years, and you know about God, but do you know God personally? Just like if you think about if you're married, do you, you have a personal relationship with your spouse, your parents, even if you're not married, your brothers, sisters, friends, you talk to them, you have a personal relationship with them, a parent that guides you. Do you have that kind of relationship with God? And do you know where you're going to spend eternity? I'm going to read it again, John 3, 36. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remain under God's angry judgment. Do me a favor. Close your head. Close your eyes and bow your head. Don't close your head. Close your eyes and bow your head. If you, even if you're at home, do the same thing. Just I don't know what the environment is at your house, but try to get quiet. Try to close your eyes. This is important. So there's no distraction. If you say, Brandon, I don't know if I have a personal relationship with God. I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity. Those two scriptures, church, and, and, and if you're not saved, make it very clear. Don't let the enemy or society fool you. There's one way to be forgiven. There's one way to be born again. There's one way to be saved, one way to enter into a relationship with God and spend eternal life, and that's through Jesus Christ. The Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. And the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So if you say, Brandon, I, I don't know if I even have that relationship or that if today was my last day where I would spend eternity. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, man, but, but I want to know today. Could you pray with me? I see your hand, ma'am. Anybody else? Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Even at home, I want you to raise your hand. Even though I can't see you, just as it's symbolic, I see your hand over here, ma'am. Another hand going up. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. This is important. Listen, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess it in your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So we're all going to pray this together. Just say, Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that I've sinned. And Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I receive the free gift of salvation. I'll make you my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Why don't we rejoice with these that made that decision? Thank you, Lord. Hey, for those of you that, that made a decision, there's a card in the pew right in front of you that says, I made a decision. Fill it out. Bring it to the info center. As the, Michaela said on video announcements, if you're watching online, there's a connect card right there. Let us know you made a decision. We want to give you a Bible. We want to pray for you. And listen, for the rest of us, we long for you to live free. If you're not free, let us know. Even after this service, come up. Let us pray for you. Let us get connected. Help you to get connected to a life group or a class specifically that can help you in your freedom journey. It's our priority to help you find your purpose. If you don't know your purpose, please jump in the next steps. Process and help us. To, let us help you process what your purpose is. And then I'm pumped about the future, church. I'm excited. And I want you to join me to make a difference. Amen.
Why don't you stand up with me and let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for these. I thank you, Father, for the honor and the privilege, Lord God, to be a part of what you're doing here at Family Life Church. I just ask that you help us to draw closer to you and closer to each other to fulfill your plan and purpose for our lives individually, for our families, for our church, community, city, state, nation, and even the globe. May your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless y'all. We love y'all. Y'all have a great day.